everyone and welcome to another episode of Being a Big Fat Woman. Um, today I am joined by one of my favorite people in the whole entire world, my beautiful friend Becca. Hello, Becca. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I am so excited to finally have you, even though we've been talking about doing this for like weeks and I've been really <laughs> irresponsibly bad at having a podcast. Worst podcast host ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm joined with Becca today and we've been discussing a lot about uh, what we wanted to talk about on this episode and Beck's voice, a lot of opinions about sort of what's happened um, and her sort of story in growing up with some health issues and stuff like that. So Beck, I'm going to just get you to tell your story. No worry. It does seem a bit funny having me on a podcast about body issues um, at first glance because um, I've never been um, a person that's outwardly had um, huge issues with my body or with my health. Mm. Um, But over the course of my teenage years, I developed something called um, body dysmorphic disorder, which is something that I still struggle with now. Um, so for people who might not know what that is, um, body dysmorphic disorder is a mental illness that is related to OCD where Mm -hmm. a physical flaw that you have, which might be a really tiny flaw, or it might be completely imaginary causes you enough shame and discomfort to severely impact, um, your day-to-day functioning. Yeah. Um, So... Mostly it comes in the form of uh, intrusive thoughts. So I would think things like if I can see the problem, then everyone else can. If people see the real me, they'll be repulsed by it. Um, If I relax my standards, then I'll completely let myself go. Um, And if I'm ugly, then I have no value. So that's a a kind of an overview of what that disorder kind of looks like or what it sounds like in in your head. (laughs) Yeah, it's not ideal. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. Yeah, so... How um, old did you were when that sort of, those sort of thoughts and feelings came about? I was about 12 or 13 when yeah. that started. Um, so I'd kind of um, just started high school. I would have been in like year seven or year eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and around, I guess year eight um, as well, it kind of started to culminate in um, my eating habits as well. So I developed um, a binge purge eating disorder and I was also very, very restrictive in what I would allow myself to eat. So um, I would count my calories to the extent that if we had like a movie night with friends, I'd be reading the nutrition labels on the back of the snacks to uh, kind of restrict how many calories I was eating. Um, If someone invited me to their birthday party, I'd be like anxious and stressed that I couldn't control what was going to be in the food and that sort of thing. Um, I had really strict rules of what good food was and what bad food was, um, which is the sort of thinking that um, I still really have to consciously try to unpack now where, um, you know, every now and then I'll get a thought still now where I'll be eating something. I'll be like, oh, that's a bad food. I have to really consciously address that and be like, no, that's, that's 
that disordered thinking coming in again. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to eat these wings like we ate last week. So oh my god, they were so good. <laughs> <laughs> The wings and the garbage fries. <laughs> so good. So tasty. Oh, God. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So did how long do you think it took you to sort of realise that it wasn't actually you? It was this disorder that was sort of taking over a little bit and that it wasn't really actually what you should be thinking? Um, For me, it actually didn't um, come in the form of me realizing that I had an issue. It was um, actually my mum who um, was perceiving some of the behaviors that I was doing and was sort of saying to me, this isn't, um, this isn't a normal way to react. Like if I um, got invited to a friend's birthday party and I was like, oh, but I don't want to go because I'm going to have to eat pizza because it's yeah. a night. And, um, and my mum was really concerned that my first thought about social events wouldn't be, oh, um, this will be really fun. I get to celebrate my friend's birthday. It was, um, I don't have anything to wear. I'm going to look ugly and I have to eat food that I don't want to eat. So I don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Which usually fun. like, if you're like 13, you're going to a friend's birthday party. You're like, sweet pizza (laughs) yeah definitely I definitely feel like it really robbed me of a lot of the um the fun and excitement of those years where yeah for sure um, yeah and especially um I know you know all teenagers do um sort of have some insecurities about the way that they look obviously and there are times where teenage girls are kind of and boys too are kind of feeling out um you know these ideas about eating healthy and different types of diets and you know um learning those sorts of behaviors from their parents or older siblings as well um but yeah I think it it took quite a while for me to realize that uh that my experience of that wasn't exactly within within the norm yeah yeah what was your initial reaction when your mum sort of pointed out that this wasn't normal? Uh, my first reaction was to be really angry um, and to be like, why do you want me to be fat? Why do you yeah. want me to stay ugly? Like, why won't you let me improve how I look? Oh um, and it was a very, um, it's a very difficult thing, I think, for um, for me to understand that um that this wasn't something that she was doing to prevent me from becoming like the best version of me because that's really how I felt at the time was that like the the person that I was or the way that I looked now was is broken and isn't right but I could fix it and the means of fixing that was controlling what I was eating controlling how much I was exercising um yeah and she was trying to take that away from me which Mm, not Steph (laughs) 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 does not sound like something your mum would do (laughs) no oh my daughter's happiness I'm gonna rob that from her (laughs) oh my god (laughs) 
classic mum. It's definitely not a rational way of thinking, but I mean, um, those sorts of like thought processes don't really have a lot of rationality to them. So <laughs> yeah, that's right, and that's the thing. Even though, yeah, you're thinking wasn't necessarily based around your mum it sort of expanded onto that as opposed to you thinking oh yeah maybe mum is correct it sort of ties in with how you were originally feeling about yourself and that it like sort of continues if that makes sense like yeah if you're doubting yourself and how you're feeling then you would probably start doubting other people and and thinking that they're seeing what you see which is so scary to think about yeah I mean it's something that um that is a really strange feeling to think. I mean, for me to, to look now back on the way that I was thinking then and to think, um, you know, I was worried about how I looked and I thought that everyone else, every time I walked into a room that everyone was thinking about how I looked. It's such yeah. a, it's such a self-centered way to think. Like it's such a, yeah. an egocentric viewpoint as well. Um <laughs> And I feel like that must have been so hard, you know, for my mom and for my friends at the time as well um, mm. to try to have a relationship with someone who's only thinking about themselves all the time. Yeah. Um, crazy. Never yeah. thought of it like that. <laughs> yeah. And neither did I while I was going through it because I thought that I was having a unique experience. Like I thought yeah. that, you know, everyone else looked normal and I looked different to normal I looked worse than normal and so I thought this is a unique experience to me and they don't understand how I feel yeah but the more I've kind of unpacked this sort of thinking and the more I've kind of come to a more rational place about the way that I look and the person that I am the more that I realize it is absolutely not unique to have that experience it's not yeah it's it's not even that it's not unique to feel insecure because obviously everyone feels insecure sometimes but body dysmorphic disorder is is a very common um, mental health issue for people to have and not even just young girls like young boys um, and older men and older women as well experience this like um, it wasn't until I was quite recently in the last couple of years um, where I've met more boys that are really into gym culture and that sort of stuff that I realized that there are boys out there who are absolutely consumed with thoughts that their body looks bad and their body looks wrong and it kind of manifests in this desire for them to be bigger and for them to like eat thousands and thousands of calories a day you know some of them eat to the point of being sick because they just want to like get bigger and bulkier and more masculine looking. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I was actually at the gym this afternoon looking at someone who was, like, very, this, this like, young man. He was, like, very skinny and, like, quite a little sort of guy. And I was sort of thinking to myself, like, I'm at the gym to lose weight and you're here to, like, gain as much as you possibly can. And, like, in my mind, that's so unreal. Like, why would anyone want to gain when they don't need to but this guy's probably just like I want to gain so bad look at this (laughs) big muscly man over here like yeah yeah it's a really different um experience um to be on that side of things as well just in your day-to-day thinking like Liam 
my my partner for the people who are listening um Liam and I have really different viewpoints when it comes to even things like um adding extra food to our meals so we were having like a um a taco salad the other day and I said to him oh I could toast some tortillas and we can have some toasted tortillas with it and then I was like oh but we probably don't really need it and my first reaction was oh if, if we don't really need that extra food then like why would we add it but Liam's yeah. first thought was like oh yeah awesome like we'll get some extra carbs in there awesome like we'll get some extra some extra calories in this meal so his oh. his first thought with with food is always to like make it as calorie dense and as like nutrient rich as possible and yeah. my thoughts which i am trying to um to always rationalize and combat a little bit are to make meals as like low in calorie and you know low impact (laughs) as possible um so we've kind of come to this this place where our our meals are always kind of like between those two (laughs) viewpoints (laughs) that's so good yeah me and Ollie's point is sort of just like oh well the onion is probably going to go off tomorrow so let's just have the most onion based dinner that we can possibly (laughs) have yeah that always helps <laughs> oh my God. Meal so, by what's in the fridge <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. um so how what are sort of the ways now now that you're really aware of the disorder how are sort of the ways that you're I don't use the word control because like I don't know, it doesn't seem like the correct word to use, but how are you sort of maintaining it and keeping to your mind as opposed to letting this disorder sort of come about again? Yeah, so I think um, the thing that has helped me the most is um, having the realisation that um, what will fix this problem for me is not having a different body is not changing my body but is changing uh my body image so the way that I talk to myself about my body the way I view my body the way I view food and my body and the way I move my body are all things that are really important in maintaining um a more healthy perspective on on my body um, yeah. And the thing that has helped me kind of put all those elements together is doing sport for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, BJJ. BJJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I trained Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which um, it's a combat sport. Um, so it's a very um, – it's a hard workout. It's a hard cardio workout. It's also – a very mental game so um you have to really focus on what you're doing um because you're fighting another person so if you don't concentrate on what you're doing then um yeah, that's loaded. <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> yeah you so um I go to training four days of the week and I usually compete about once a month um mm-hmm. and I t- usually take a private class about once a month as well um So I find that um, training that regularly and having um, that much exercise in my schedule has been really helpful for a lot of reasons. Um, One of them being that it makes me really hungry. 
<laughs> so um, it's really changed the way that I look at food because now yeah. instead of um, thinking about minimizing how much food I eat and making sure I only eat enough to kind of survive the day, now mm-hmm. I really see food as something that I need to have plenty of in order to fuel myself to do the sport that I love to do so yeah I see it as a much more like nourishing um kind of element rather than something that's like bad yeah that's gonna hurt you and stuff yeah which it sounds ridiculous when you say it like that like how food (laughs) hurt you but yeah so um I think that's been really helpful in controlling maybe not controlling but in kind of mitigating the the issues that I've had with with not eating enough Um, it also really does make my body look and feel better. Um, and I don't want to dwell too much on like the idea that it makes my body look better because, um, I think people will equate that idea with like my body looking smaller, which has not happened. My thighs have gotten bigger. My arms have gotten bigger. Um, but, and also, um, I've realized that the way that my body looks and the way I think about my body aren't necessarily like exactly correlated. Um, so I think the most important part of that is that it makes my body feel better um, yeah. in that I feel stronger. I feel fitter. I have more energy. Um, and I feel like I can get through my day better Um and don't feel as tired and worn down by the end of the day. Um, and I also feel like I'm engaging in self-care when I, when I do exercise that frequently. Mm. Um, and because it also al- allows me to, um, to nourish my body with the food that I need, um, I feel like it's part of a good self-care routine for me now. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And I know that, that Liam, your partner, does it with you as well. What sort of benefits does he get out of it? Yeah, so Liam, um, when I met Liam, he was gymming a lot, like lifting a lot of weights. And um, I think now doing BJJ, he's found that he can – it really helps him maintain a lot of the strength that he set a foundation for when he was lifting. Um, and it it's something that um, – exercise has always been a part of his kind of weekly routine. So um, I think it's a way that he also feels that he can get that exercise in his routine without having to kind of slog through a gym workout. Um, yeah. But also it's a really fantastic way for us to bond because we've got this shared interest that we not only go to training and we do together, but we talk about together all the time. So um, we can sort of plan um, our training sessions and we can sort of plan um, what techniques we'd each like to add to our game and talk about like how we can each improve um, our skill set and that sort of thing. So um, it's been a really good bonding experience for us to kind of have that physical hobby that we do together. So nice. (laughs) No, it's been really, really nice. Um, (laughs) And I think it also, um, for Liam as well, I think um, even though people talk about BJJ as being like a sport where you have to leave your ego at the door or whatever, um, I think it does make – Liam's quite good at it. Um, 
And obviously there's all sorts of benefits to feeling um, mastery in any particular skill. But um, Liam as well can use his skill set um, with guys that are like a lot bigger than him. Um, he can use his skill set with guys that are um, sort of not stronger than him because he's very strong, but um, but guys that are stronger than him, he can use that skill set. Um, and I think that that's something that BJJ really, um, really kind of has this element of masculinity to it that I think guys really enjoy because it's something where you can kind of um, – you can kind of show off like what you can physically do. Um, yeah. Well, you are like literally fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that element of, I, I know it's not the right word to say masculinity because obviously um, you can be feminine and still be very physical, but, um, but those sort of elements um, where you can really show off your like physicality, I think are really beneficial for the girls that do it as well um, mm. because it's, it's an element of life. I mean, I don't really get to be um, aggressive or physical in a lot of other areas of my life. Um, That's probably good. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> you don't fight in any other elements of your life. <laughs> no, I don't fight people in other elements of my life. But I do think that it's a really, like, it's it's kind of helped me to see that my body is capable of doing things that I didn't know it could do because I've never tried to like use my weight or my strength or, you know, um, my speed or my agility against another person. Like I've never tried to physically match up with another person. Um, And I've also never, I never knew that every single part of my body has a function in the way that BJJ kind of gives it a function. Like I didn't, know that I could like choke someone with my legs <laughs> but I can <laughs> um, and really if like from the toes all the way up to the head there's something functional that you can do with every single part of your body in yeah. sport and it really does make me more appreciative of of my body just the way it is and what it can do like I don't really look at parts of my body now and and consider them as much for how they look as much as I look at them and think about what they can do yeah that's so cool yeah I wow. think it's really helpful <laughs> yeah no it <laughs> I think it really helps with like appreciating your body like if if I look at my thighs I'm like oh my thighs are a bit big I'm like yeah I can triangle choke people with them <laughs> And if they were littler, the choke wouldn't be as strong. <laughs> so I think it's good. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's all we want to take out of this podcast tonight. Is that <clears throat> if you have big thighs, they're good for triangle chokes. Yeah, your body is a weapon. Your body <laughs> is a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. That's so exciting. But like, <clears throat> just this one element in your life has sort of given you such a new view on like how you see yourself and how you take care of yourself and as well for Liam it's it's so cool yeah. I'm so happy for you guys oh, thank you yeah no it really <laughs> is a really like positive 
um, element of my life, particularly in relation to like my body, not just in caring for it, but also in like appreciating it more. Um, And that's one thing I really like about BJJ as well, is that there really is a place for like every type of body. Like there are people who are like world champions that are tiny little people that are huge people that are tall, short, um, young bodies, old bodies, male bodies, female bodies, um, bodies with flexible joints and bodies with injured joints and, you know, all different kinds of bodies with different kinds of capabilities can find like a way to do BJJ that works for them. And that's where... I think it's really helpful to, you know, I walk into my class and there's all these people with all these different bodies and there's no value judgment assigned to any of them. Like you don't look at someone and be like, they've got the perfect body for BJJ because Mm. it kind of isn't one. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds so nice and (laughs) non-judgmental. Yeah, it's definitely a lot lot more comfortable um, in terms of like how I feel about my body and how I view my body than like when I was younger and I used to do dance or mm. something like that where like you walk into a dance class and if someone's like too tall or you know not flexible or whatever you can be like well they can try but they're probably- yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh it's so sad yeah I find that like that's the problem with like a lot of and, and like going to the gym and, and stuff like that is that it can be quite competitive and quite judgmental even though it's you know like everyone's there for pretty much the same reason it just yeah doesn't seem fair that humans including myself have thoughts like that that are negative towards other people or towards ourselves when we're all just people yeah <laughs> we all just want to exercise yeah definitely and it is hard sometimes to like curb that immediate thought that you have where like you might you know, if you walked into a dance class and there's someone that's like six foot five, you know, your first thought will be like, okay, well, you're probably not going to be a ballerina if you're that, if you're that tall. But mm. um, I do try, I guess, to, to curb those thoughts a bit. I think everybody kind of does because I think it's more, I think it helps you to be more forgiving of your own body when you're more like accepting of other people's bodies yeah. as well. like if you're always yeah yeah I think if you're always looking at people around you being like well like I don't like the way that person's body looks in these ways then you start looking at those things on yourself like if you're like oh I don't like her legs then you're like oh what do my legs look like yeah I hope they don't look like that or like that or yeah 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 it's crazy it's so weird how yeah we all just are so aware of it but it still happens so often yeah I heard one of my friends the other day said to me that um like everyone has those first like reaction thoughts and you can't really control those um but that those thoughts aren't what speak about like your attitude or yourself as a person but what speaks to like your mindset and yourself as a person is the thought that you follow it up with so if you see someone you think oh I don't like her outfit and then the next thing you think is oh, that's unfair, like, it's just not my style, but I can see she's really put effort into choosing an outfit that she feels good in. Yeah. Then 
it's it's not a bad thing that you had the initial thought. It would be a bad thing yeah. if you saw her and you went, I don't like her outfit, and then your next thought was like, I can't believe she left the house in that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So I think it is a really conscious thing that you you have to really think about the way that you think about your own body. Um, but that also extends to the way you think about other people's bodies because I think it's impossible not to be judgmental of your own body if you're judgmental of like bodies as a whole like in general yeah that's right so true that's what this podcast is for making people aware that we're all judgmental bitches and we should stop (laughs) (laughs) this is your daily reminder to stop being a judgmental bitch Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been so wonderful hearing about all of this and especially hearing about how it was such a negative part of your life and it's turned into such a amazing positive thing. It's just, it's so good and I'm so happy for you and you deserve this nice, happy life. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I really love what you're doing with the podcast and I really appreciate the opportunity to have come on and and had a chat with you about it. And hopefully um, other people that are listening that might be struggling with the same things um, can see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm going to tear up. <laughs> well, thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Tune in next week for another groovy episode. Bye, Beck. I love you. Bye, I love you too. <laughs> Bye.